State of the Sixers. I got my man John Mitchell with me, and we're going to talk about the State of the Sixers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yo, what's up, Mitch? How you been, bro? Keith, what's happening, man? How are you, brother? I, I can't. I could complain, but you just don't want to listen. But it's, um, I'm glad to have you on the pod, huh? It's good to be on the pod, man. And we, you know, we can I, I can commiserate with you with those uh, end of the summer blues as the season as the marathon quickly approaches. So I know how you feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for y'all who don't know, and some of y'all who don't remember, I know y'all, a lot of y'all do. You know, John Mitchell covered the Sixers before I did. He actually handed the baton off to me, and um, he's been a great brother. He knows so much about sports. Used to work at the Enquirer with me. Um, been doing this thing and we still bust it up from time to time. And hey, I, I go to him to get knowledge, right? But see, today what we're going to talk about is we got three things to talk about. First, we're going to talk about James Harden getting fined a hundred thousand dollars. You know, I still keep shaking my head over that because I know some of y'all may think James he messed up, but I still think the, the league was wrong for finding him. Secondly, we're going to talk about Joel Embiid and, and, and Harden, but mainly Joel because Jane, um, John was dropping some knowledge, called me on the phone. He got some stats about Joel, whereas Joel has to step it up in the postseason, right? That has to start with him. And then thirdly, Evan Turner said something about Philadelphia. And, you know, John and I are both from Philly. I grew up in Frankfurt. John is from West Philly. He went to Overbrook. And we both know we let we lived other places too. Philly ain't for everybody, so we gotta yeah, talk about that. It ain't for everybody, but 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 John, all right. So I know like Harden's been in the news. He signed that contract. He did what he did, but he also got. Um, he said what he said about Daryl Morey. He called him a liar, right? Mm-hmm. He said he would never play, and I'm paraphrasing right now that he would never be a part of a team that Daryl Morey is a part of, right? Well, the league fined him $100,000 for those comments, basically saying that he was, like, requesting the trade and and, and, right. and saying things like that. Um, I felt that was kind of harsh because, to me, the biggest takeaway was he said that he called the man a liar. And when right. you see somebody, in my opinion, saying – this guy is a liar. You got freedom of freedom of speech. You can say what you right. want. Never did he say like. Now he said I would never be a part of a team that he's a part of, right? But you can assume that to be, I'm retiring. I'm mm-hmm. doing this. I'm doing that. I don't know what he said to these people in the meeting that he had the investigation talking about Harden, but at the same time, like. I, f- I find it hard to to get out his statement in China 
of him saying, I request to be traded publicly. And I felt like that was kind of tough for me for, for the league to do to a guy. Yeah, and, and, and I see where you're coming from, Keith. I um I mean let's let's get it out the air first. Um that hundred thousand dollars is probably less than he played he paid for that Rolex that he gave Joel <laughs> when he won the MVP award. <laughs> so it's it's not gonna hurt his pocket. But I, I he, he like you said, he didn't directly request a trade. You know, he basically said he would never play for an organization that Dow Morey was a part of. And with with Dow Moore being the 76ers general manager, it's, it's, it's he's basically saying I want out. But I think it's unfair. I agree with you there. It's unfair to put words in his mouth and to say that yeah, I, this is basically him saying I want to trade because he he never did he clearly say that. You know, it's it's like it's it's the shell game that we see in a lot of media today where people see something, they hear something, and they interpret it to mean something. But the bottom line was uh, James was saying, I, I won't be a part of an organization that Dow Morey is a part of. So, you know, I, I think what that does do is it brings it down. You know, the, the, the Sixers have to think they haven't experienced great success with Dow Morey. Uh, they know that if, if they jettison uh, James Harden, that the, the talent level, which was, second round you know not getting to the third round you had to play a boston in the second round um it begins to they become it starts to decrease they're as a team they're they, they start to decrease they're not as effective so they're, they're they are in once again a calamitous situation in the summertime the 76ers arrive to this point every summer it seems like where just something catastrophic has happened it's this Nothing that we see across the league, but 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 you do make a good point, you know. For them to use, for them to intimate that he was requesting a trade is is, is incorrect. Yeah, and and the thing is, like we all know he wants out. We all know he like the they the Sixers came out and said that's what he wants, right? Um, right. The, the the thing is though, to me, it just seems like you know right now the six that the league is is trying to pull back. I mean, or try to get stuff back because mm-hmm. the players have basically player empowerment. Right. You got all these guys requesting trades, all these guys trying to get out, doing what they want to do, right? Everything. And I feel like they're trying to make an example of the dude. But the one thing that I don't like is, you know, you take a guy and sometimes it seems like, are you trying to break him? Now, again, it's one of those things where, this brother is going to make $35.6 million this season. Right. He's going to make right. over $300 million in basketball alone. Like you said, he paid more for that watch to give to Joel. He goes right. on vacation with probably more, more money in his pocket, right? Not in his pocket, right. but on his person, right? right? So right. Right. I get what you're saying 100%. It just seemed to me like, and I'm glad the Players Association is, is, you know, trying to fight for him. But to me, it just seemed as if that was a little much based off of what he said. Um, and I just felt like they trying to lower the hammer on the brother. But, again, I get where some people feel. There's a lot of people in Philly, like, look, find them a million dollars. Find them two million dollars. Doc right, is right. Because they, they, what they really want is they just want them out of there. 
But to me, fair is fair. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, James Harden doesn't need me to take up for him. He doesn't need me to go to bat for him. But to me, it's kind of like fair is fair. And is weird. it just seems weird that if a player calls an executive a liar, you get fined for that. Like, right. Freedom of speech. And that's the only thing I didn't like. Yeah, and, and and for him and for him to, I mean, we don't know yet what was specifically said between those two. I know when when that is found out, you'll be the person to break it, as you always do breaking seventy sixes news. But I mean, let's be honest. When, when it is, it's, it's it's his labor versus. It's always now labor versus management, and you touched on it earlier. You know, they're trying, you know, management slash ownership is trying to get the toothpaste back in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between and the 76ers are are, are are ground zero for this stuff. You know, between the Ben Simmons, I refuse to play for them. You know, two years later, guy who's on their top 75 of all time list. I don't want to be affiliated with the 76ers. So. You know, they're going to find him because, you know, they're the billionaires and he is a millionaire. And it's it's management versus labor, ownership versus player. And, you know, they're going to try. And if the only way to bring the hammer down on them is to bring it down them financially. There's no other way to do it. You're 100% right. When we get back, we're going to talk about, I'm going to give, you know, let you uh, bring up that stuff that you uh, you you know, you researched about Joel Embiid and, and stuff like that. So we'll talk about that when we get right back. But right now, I want to talk to y'all about I, Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue, you know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of groceries items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're betting, beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. Right now, Ibotta is offering listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta and using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta at the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCK. Telling y'all, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. All right, John. So just bring it down to me, man, because you know what? You are right. You know, Joel Embiid, you know, the one thing that Joel Embiid really has to work on the next phase of his, his game to go to the next level is stepping his game up in the postseason. Hey, he got some people, you can argue that he's been injured, he's been healthy, so he got to get healthy too, right? He got to make sure that he's healthy. But when you look at his stats, unfortunately for Joel, most other elite players, Hall of Fame-type players, what they do is their numbers from the regular season elevates once they get to the postseason, right? They take a step forward, and his hasn't. And and you've done that research, and can you share what you found out with it? Yeah, I mean, when, when you see him, he's a generational talent for 82 games uh, and, and 
usually into the first round of the playoffs. But I was looking at some numbers, and I, I was just looking at Joel's performance in the two games in 2022 and 2023 in which they were eliminated again in, in the game against Miami, game six against Miami, and game seven uh, in Boston. And, you know, in, in those two games combined, Joel averaged 17.5 points in, per game in those two. It's just two games. It's a small sample size. But these are the games when you determine the guy who's the baddest guy at the poker table. Uh, and and cum- his, he shot 12 for 42 from the floor in game six against Miami and game seven against Boston this season. Uh, and you, you simply, no matter, you know, you people started to point the finger at Doc Rivers. Uh, but, you know, Joel started saying things like, well, they're not getting me the ball. Now, you know, I, I covered Michael Jordan. Granted, I covered him in, in Washington, but I covered him when he was playing for the Bulls. Um, and I'm not, listen, I'm not comparing a guy who's never gotten beyond the second round of Michael Jordan. Um, but he let's, let's be honest. He is a generational talent. All the skill is there. Uh, I, I couldn't. I can't imagine Michael Jordan being on the court for the final four minutes of that game. I think it was a game six against Boston, where they didn't, they didn't get him the ball. Uh, either the players made that decision to not get him the ball because maybe they got tired of seeing him drifting out to the elbow and shooting, you know, those jump shots when they needed him at the basket to get and ones. Now, I know I'm old school. People tell me I'm antiquated and the game's not played that way, and I agree. But, you know, you have to play to your strengths when they're there. You know, when and I'll just compare him to Nikolai Jokic. Whenever he gets the ball, if, if you watch the playoffs, and I know you did, when he gets the ball out in the perimeter and, and they've thrown a 6'5", six, 6'4", six, guy on him, he plays bully ball from the three-point line down to the rim. And gets to the basket, you know, and, and Joel has to do that. Joel, Joel cannot settle for these jump shots from the elbow and uh, and from the nail. It's you know he he's it's kind of like I, I compare it oftentimes to if if Lamar Jackson is your quarterback. You, granted, Lamar's got a cannon for an arm, but his strength, his biggest strength is to, is, is playing with his legs. Although that gets him in trouble sometimes in the playoffs. But you have to play to your strength. You have, I mean, guys in the NBA, in today's NBA, don't even have a clue how to guard or defend the post. So you've got this 7'2", 280, 285-pound guy who doesn't take advantage of it. And Rasheed Wallace had an interesting take on that. Rasheed talked about that. He said, listen, you know, Joel, all this hanging around and taking the 13-footer and the 15-footer, that's not going to get it done. Joel is at the point in his career, I mean, let's be honest, what is he, 28 years old, 28? About 29, yeah. 29. yeah. That, that body's old 29. You know, that, that body's, I mean, we, we know that his body's not going, you know, when he, when he gets into his early 30s, I, I don't know how strong he's going to be at 32 and 33, but I don't, I, I don't foresee him being a long, having a long career. You know, we, we went through the, you know, I mean, they're going to load manage him, load manage him wherever he is. But you know, you got if you're going to win with Joel, you've got to do it now. If you look at um, you know, look, look, look at the, uh, <clears throat> the the two, you know, the, the Miami game. Uh, well, the, no, if it, just the, the two, the, the Boston games. He's nine for 19, 26 points. Uh, 
0 for 2. This is game six. He's 0 for 2 from the three-point line. He's uh, he's 0 for 4 in the three-point line. He came back in the closeout game was 5 for 18. That's just not going to get it done, particularly when the best player on the other team is going for 50 or 55 or whatever it was that he went for. You know? Um, yeah. You know? Uh, uh, and so – you know, we we give Joel the benefit of the doubt because we we fall in love and we we get enamored with everything he can do. Uh, from a skill set standpoint, I've never seen anybody who can do what he can do. But you need him to do it in late May and June. That's what you get paid. That's what you get the hundred. That's what you get the supermax contract to do. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think that you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the the next next step for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is, um, you know, the, the one thing is for him, you hope, and for the Sixers, you hope that perhaps maybe looking at Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. seeing what he did mm-hmm. in the postseason might elevate him a little bit. Now, the good part is that for Joel is he got his bucket list, the one mm-hmm. MVP, right. Right. something that he wanted to accomplish. Not a lot of 76ers did that. Right. He got a two time, he got two scoring titles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in his career with the Sixers, he's he's won. Well, he, he was number one in the East one year, he had the best record in the Eastern Conference. Right. He's accomplished, he's done a lot of different things, but they all ended up with um, uh, uh, his numbers being um, worse in the postseason than the regular season, and they all had second-round finishes. Right. So when I, I saw a photo of him today where he looked, he looked in way better. Like, he looked more chiseled. He looked I saw that photo. Yeah, you saw that. Mm-hmm. So, and then before before the season, uh, I mean, before the, the, the season was over with, he talked about, you know, taking care of his body, doing all types of things. Mm-hmm. So maybe – Less will be more this regular season in order for him to he, – he doesn't have to worry about winning the scoring title. He doesn't have to worry about becoming an MVP because at the end of the day, he's not going to be judged by that anymore. He's going to be judged right. by what happens in the postseason. Right. So, you know what I mean? If you're the Sixers and if you're Nick Nurse, you're basically hoping him that, that that's going to be the focus. Like, don't worry about Joel. You're going to be an all-star starter again. Right. Yes, you're right. going to do that. Don't worry about it. You can do that. He can do that in his sleep, Keith. Mm-hmm. He can do that in his sleep. I agree. I agree 100%. Well, when we get right back, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how Philly isn't just for everybody. It's not for everyone. All right, John. So, look, you were watching uh, – what was it? Was uh, whose podcast was it when you saw that information? It was uh, Gilbert Arenas, uh, mm-hmm. Gil, Evan Turner, Andre Iguodala, uh, and somebody else. And um, you know the, the confluence was you know Andre and Evan both played in Philly, and um, and they were talking they were talking about the Harden situation, and and they they agreed they were like listen. You know, and they actually were saying that the, the, the Joel is next. The Joel's going to be wanting to ask out next. And they said, you know, without Harden, what does he have at this point? 
you know, and, and it was interesting because Evan Turner started to run his mouth. And I, I was I covered Evan. That was toward the end of my tenure covering the 76ers. Uh, and Evan had some interesting things to say about Philadelphia. He basically called Philadelphia an armpit. He called he called the fans uh, un, uh, unintelligent, and and that's that's using uh, gentle English to describe what he said. He was really hard on Philly, and I was saying to myself, I said, you know, you Evan, you you, you didn't really come here and produce. You didn't come here and produce, and and like you and I were talking off air. Uh, Philly ain't for everybody, you know. But the, the the one thing I will say is if you if you play for Philly and you fight and you 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 fight hard all the time, the, the the athletes love the city. If you'll never hear Brian Dawkins, Brian Dawkins played in the Mile High City. He loves Philadelphia. He loves his experience as being Weapon X in Philadelphia. Allen Iverson played in Denver towards the end of his career after the 76ers had failed to build around his talent. Uh, and, and what did he do when he came back home? He kissed center court. But those guys left it all, you know, to steal a cliche, a cliche, they left it all on the floor. Uh, and if, if, if Philly fans are, I mean, you know, <laughs> if, if, if you talk to NBA players, you talk to NFL players, no, none of them will tell you that Philly fans are not smart and don't know what they're watching. Philly fans don't turn on you. Philly fans will evaluate your performance right there on the spot. And if you're not performing, Philly fans are going to let you know. And I, I think it's a badge of honor. Sometimes it gets us and it gets Philly fans in trouble. But look how they just treated Trey, uh, uh, Trey, Trey Turner. Um, Philly, uh, Philly show style. He, um, yeah, all of a sudden now he's, he can't miss with the, with, with the Phillies, you know, he's getting game winning hits. Uh, and you know, I mean, look how Bryce Harper has embraced the city. You know, these are all guys who are, who, who are, who are playing, you know, so it, it, you know, you see it, guys who don't give what's expected of them. Philly's not going to be for you. And yeah. Evan clearly fell in that category. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with the fans in Philly. Actually, you know, we're both from Philly, so mm-hmm. it's it's. I'm gonna share something with you. I, it it might have been back in the day when you were covering the Wizards. So I remember one year, it was right before I came to the Enquirer. I was living in Myrtle Beach, mm-hmm. and um, so. Yeah, how long? So it might have been probably about two thousand and two. Were you covering the Wizards back then? Yeah, I was firmly in Washington then. Okay, so the Wizards were at that particular point. I remember the Wizards were bad, and so were so were the uh, the New Jersey Nets at that time. Mm -hmm. I believe, right? They were horrible. They were horrible. So I I go to a game. A buddy of mine was living in D.C. I drove up from Myrtle Beach, and he's like, "Yo, I got tickets for this game." So we go to the game, man. It was the worst half of basketball I've <laughs> ever seen, the first half. So as the players came off the floor, I stood up and started booing. Boo! 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 <laughs> so then my friend is like, look, man, we ain't in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't do that down here. And I was like, what? What you mean? Like, Pay my money. They, they're like, they, they paid their money for this. They're not upset. <laughs> he was like, nah, it's a little different. So and to me, I was a little taken aback because the fans 
weren't as passionate. Right, right. right. In my opinion, because you know, dude, down there, it was like, it was just, yeah, it was, it, it, yeah. Just, it was different. It was so, horrible. It was horrible. With the, so, um, so I understand where the passion comes from. But again, this is something like Philly isn't for everybody. It's not. It's not. And we talked about that. Like, I've heard stories about certain dudes when they're free agency, they'll rather go to New York or go somewhere else. Or, I mean, now New York is New York. Like, you go right. to New York, you go to Miami, you go other places because of the market or the other things that you can do off the court. Right. But some people don't want to come here and get that smoke. They yeah. Yeah. That's what they, they don't want to come here and get that smoke. But you, one thing you did say is they love you if you play hard. Like originally, TJ McConnell didn't get a lot of love. Every right. time he comes back to Philly, they, they cheer for him. Right. right. Other players, it's just playing hard, being grit. But the thing is, if you come up and you come up short and you're making a lot of money, you come up short or you come up soft. Yeah, they gonna run you out of Philly. Yeah, you're gonna you're you're going you're going to pay the Philly tax, and that's going you know you're going to get booed because I mean even the superstars when they're when they're playing below the the expectation, uh, and and it's gonna be interesting. I I think one you know it's gonna be interesting watching the watching the Eagles this year because they've and not to talk about them, but they've they the expectations when you hear everything about the Eagles now. It's so the expectations are so high, and they, they, but they do have that stretch late in the season where they play about seven straight playoff games, and it's, it's you know you won't be seeing you know the bad squads that you you, you played against last year, you know. So, um, but yeah, yeah, Philly Philly is a different town, and I, I know you notice it as you travel from city to city, and see the different responses you get, uh you know, from, from different crowds and, and what they're willing to tolerate and what they're not willing to tolerate. But, but when they're, when, when they're behind you in Philly, they're behind you 100%, but they're going to, it's, it's like a marriage. You know, mm-hmm. you, you expect to be able to be critical of your spouse and, you know, it, it's not this Russian marriage. Like, you know, some cities have where it's okay. Hey, you know, I'm not going to be critical. You know, this is a, an arranged situation. It's nah, we you know we took these vows together as Philly fans. And you know, it's it's, it's just different. It's different. But I think it's wonderful. It's it's wonderful to win in Philadelphia despite our reputation. I agree 100 percent man. I agree 100 I agree. And you know, it's like we said, it's not for everyone, but at the same time, if you win here, right, you're gonna be legendary here. And look at Allen Iverson, he hasn't won. But he played with grit, right? right? Look at look at Bryce Harper. They love him. They love him. Look at look at Dalk. Like B Dalk, like you said, is a is a great example of it. You know what I mean? And and just look at that home run. You know, the Bryce. I mean, Bryce is 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 a postseason player. Look at that home run he hit last year in the playoffs. You know, and, and that's what the city wants to see out of Joel because they love Joel. Joel's very easy to like. He's affable. He communicates with people on social media. He's at Eagles games, uh, you know. But now it's, it's he's at that point now where it's like, bro, you've got to win. 
forgot. It's been 40 years. It's been 40 years. It's been a lifetime ago since they had a championship. I, I graduated from Overbrook in 1983 to tell my age. And I considered that my high school graduation present. I didn't, re- I didn't need anything else from anybody else. I was like, finally, after all those years of we owe you one and, you know, blowing games in Boston and wanting to pick up my TV and throw it out the window, you know. It's 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 time for Joel uh, to to win, and, and and he'll be much better received if he's not asking for a trade in twenty twenty four, and saying I can't win here, you know. Um, but you know what? I don't blame uh, if he does ask for a trade. I don't blame him. I, I'm no, gonna be real. I, don't blame him. I mean, because yeah. like, like, dude, this stuff has been it's yeah. been a decade full of drama. Now again, it's some mm-hmm. things that he could have done better, right? Right. Like, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, yo, like, yeah, I, crazy. But yeah, I, I don't blame them. Yeah, their, their shortcomings, I will say, have been le- their, their post coming, their postseason shortcomings have been less his fault and more the front office's failure. Um, I mean, you know, you you make fatal decisions when you get Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons and they become what they become with the number one pick. You don't really that's like a surgeon sewing up a patient and leaving the scalpel on the inside. You know, you just don't bounce back from that. Not in pro sports, you don't. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a good one. That's great. I'm gonna use that. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna write that in one of my articles. About I expect to see it, bro. No problem with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm having parentheses. Thanks, John Mitchell. <laughs> but, uh, John, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show. I want to thank y'all for listening. And I want y'all to know you can come and get this podcast. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And while you're at it, go to the YouTube channel. When you go to the YouTube channel, click on the Liberty Bell. And then when you do that, you become a new subscriber. And you also get notifications when we have our next podcast. But Thanks, John, man. It's good uh, busting it up with you. Absolutely. Glad to have you. Glad to be here, Keith. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace.